Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And good afternoon. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch. Give us a call. Be a part of today's show at 210-308-8867 or come on by Millburgers at 1604 on Bull Road and visit with us where we've got a couple tomatoes left. Capo. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we've got plenty of tomatoes left. Um, and uh, watching the, the person in front of us go through them and try to choose. Yeah, pick a ver- out the best one. Which, yeah, pick out the best one. Which He's, is, would be hard to do in all those good varieties. Yeah, they they all look good, too. Well, yeah. what quite often happens, I think this guy did the same. He sees these two plants, they look great, so he gets them. Then he later, disco- you know, as he's walking down, he discovers there's about <laughs> 15 recommended varieties that are all there. So yeah. let's, let's start over and let's see which varieties I like the best, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. that's, that's important. And uh, our tomatoes over here, and as I, ma- I imagine your tomatoes in the garden, are beginning to show that heat. You know, it's not related they, to they, situation. Uh, they uh, wilt a little bit, but uh, I, I haven't seen that uh, that the thinning the of the foliage, the leaves, not the, yet. And, I, and I've got quite a few, quite a bit of growth on them, which surprised me too. Uh, uh, yeah, that's why I was re- that's why I was reacting when you said, "Well, don't worry, don't worry about the thinning of the leaves." Every year we say that, and that's mm-hmm. what happens, but. Uh, this year it's been a little strange for me. Well, I've had, it's been I've had, happening with these. It's happening with those out there. Yeah, that are out there a while, yeah. yeah. With the, with, because they're in small containers. Yeah. yeah. The other, the ones I'm having more trouble with are the uh, Rio Grande peppers. Is that right? Yeah. Well, of course, especially the ones that I, uh, <laughs> for, for our research project, that, the, yeah. that we uh, took, took the, the soil took, off. Yeah. Took the soil off. So you're having to water those daily? Oh, gosh. Yeah, sometimes twice. Wow. Well, I got bad news. Oh, no. Again? Melton. What? My catnip, one of my catnip uh, pots are, was ravaged last night. Oh, no. Yeah, I looked out there, and there was no plant in there, and I watered it last night. So I, I know it had plenty of water. Then I looked uh, below the container, and the whole, whole plant had been eaten off and dug out. Oh, what, my gosh. What is your uh, relation? What is the deal with the you and catnip? I've never heard you uh, uh, have such an affection for a strange plant like that before. <laughs> well, cats. we got a lot of cats in our neighborhood. and uh, Apparently some now when you're and my son, some in your backyard. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. That, that your uh, your dogs look on that as a betrayal, and maybe they just took <laughs> care of it for you, you know. 
We'll, my, we'll my teach. Dog we'll sleeping teach. too much to do that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, my son loves cats. He used to be allergic to cats, and uh, now he's, he he loves cats. Well, the, the problem I always have on, on that kind of a deal with catnip is it makes them strange. Uh, you can't manage them. The but, cats? Yeah, the cats. There's catnip around that be, quite often becomes the priority. And uh, <laughs> to me, cats are, are hard to kind of get them into the groove of your your living arrangements and everything anyway. And if there's that catnip in there, they really get tough to do. I mean, I can see them expecting a new catnip uh, plant yeah. out there every it's two weeks. It's kind of They'll be outside your door banging yeah. on it going, Hey, yeah. where's the catnip? You, you think that the my hummingbird. hummingbirds, yeah. the mafia got, got me, the, the cat mafia is really going to take care of it. Yeah, but uh, I guess we'll get another plant and try it in the same pot. I'm thinking about putting a, putting a barricade around it until the plants get well established. Yeah. But uh, if, if this, this plant that they ate and they literally dug it out by the roots. Well, it, be, be careful. You, you know, we remember when, our, when we put those, uh, those feeders out with the, that the, and the doves got stuck. I can see a cat getting stuck in there, and you know if you do a real elaborate protection, yeah, and then you'll come out there and it'll be just like the rabbit I was talking about there. He'll be looking up at you with the uh, killed from the heat thing. Yeah. All right, this is a continuing adventure of the cat. Yeah, this is exciting. <laughs> you know how my old daddy used to control cat cats, Milton. Don't, uh -oh. don't want to know. <laughs> any you don't want to know? No, any story that starts off that way <laughs> usually ends up with uh, PETA calling us and complaining. Oh, okay. <laughs> he had a good way. It worked every time. He did it, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> one way was have a fierce Airedale on Well, him. that's true, too. I'm afraid my dog, uh, Snouser, is... Uh, is uh peace loving? Yeah, is he a lover, not a fighter? Yeah, he he doesn't. Uh, he'll chase them if they that's, run. That's right. The, the Westies are kind of that way too. Yeah, if the cat doesn't run, they say, "Well, what, yeah. what good are you if you, we can't chase you?" Anyway, uh, I I was looking at the, I, I'm captivated by that uh, beautiful picture on Calvin's article uh, yesterday. With a uh, fire spike, using fire spike on there. And Milton, I was looking at this butterfly. That butterfly is not standing on that flower. See? Uh, I can't. No, I can't see because of the. See, he's not. He's not standing on the flower. No. All of my butterfly pictures, the butterfly yeah. is standing <laughs> on the flower. <laughs> I, I holding on to it for dear life, hoping <laughs> he doesn't fall. I also think that if uh, you look closely, that butterfly is not one we would see here. No, no. I think I think yeah, uh, it's uh, the editors went for a great-looking butterfly and a great-looking fire spike. A chocolate brown swallowtail butterfly. 
which uh, I've never heard ours no. described as chocolate no. brown. No, they're beautiful. Uh, uh, got yellow on them. Uh, oh, got, well, we got you know uh, we got swallowtail the giants. We got tiger swallowtail. That's what I mean. Yeah. The tigers. Yeah, all, all of the. We got lots of wonderful swallowtails. Uh, but anyway, that uh, that's a good plant. Uh, Calvin mentioned in his article yesterday that uh, he thought that uh, the roots the roots of fire spike will not survive the winter if the plant is left outside. Now I guess you're talking about in containers. Yeah, but uh, I remember when we uh, did the were uh, promoting it ten or twelve years ago. No. We were careful about getting it inside. Now, in the ground, I suspect there's some place that will survive. Yeah, I, I uh, had my f- first fire spike that I ever grew. Uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, fire spike is the shade-tolerant fire bush. Uh, anytime you put a fire bush on, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the shade, it quits blooming Kid, immediately. Did- is that is that genus Odentima? What, what, what? Remember in the old days we used to remember what the, the Latin binomials. Were. No, we we forgot that really quickly. <laughs> Od Odenita, uh, Stickum. Let me let me see my. Phone. Oh, is it in here? Yeah, it's in there. Oh yeah, Odenata, Odenata, Odenstrictum. Yeah, Odentima. Odenema. Odontomenia, Odontomenia, strictum, is a genus and species. Now, but anyway, I, when I first planted my fire spike and fell in love with it, um, I had it on the bed below below the house there that I never water. That was before catnip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah took before over catnip. His life. But. Uh, uh, it lived for four or five years. It came back from the root. The interesting thing about it is if it freezes off, or when it freezes off, the top will freeze off, and you cut it off to cut it to the ground, it will immediately start sprouting. and become susceptible for more freezing. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, that, that was a, one of the plants that... Uh, Easily survived inside the house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. big time. Because I, 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 the foliage, I don't know that it blooms very easily in the house, but the foliage uh, was. Oh yeah, it'll de- bloom. Decorative when, for once a long it time. starts blooming. Oh, if you put, yeah, if you put it in the house next to a sunny window, it'll bloom all winter long. Uh, I did that with uh, Dr. Sam McFadden in uh, uh, Tennessee. He was in a. Uh, uh, a senior care facility mm-hmm. where uh, we where we we should be maybe yeah <laughs> and uh, and I he, I let him take care of the plants I brought him some in containers and uh, he he said they bloomed all all winter long I'll be darned very uh, they're almost like a house plant uh huh well yeah they were they yeah. they are used as a house yeah. plant but. Uh, I, I never have tried to bloom them in the house. In other words, you uh, 
the fire spike uh, starts out in the fall, in the spring, as a green hosta. In other words, it, it looks like a hosta leaf. But the, the difference in that and a hosta leaf is that uh, snails and slugs won't eat it. Really? Won't eat uh, uh, fire spike, yeah. but they'll eat the dickens out of uh, hostas. Yeah, about two days it'll take the yeah. snails <laughs> to find a hosta. I always, you know, for a long time we got those questions, but I, I think more people that have, well, people that have moved from the east and cold climates, Yes, why don't we use hostas here? Or they try it and then yeah, yeah. feed the slugs and snails. So they're quickly. beautiful in the north. Yeah, they're beautiful. Well, in one north. of the favorite. Yeah, and a lot of choices. Yeah, and may uh, one of the mainstays for the landscape. That's right. Uh, those really versatile. And like you say, you got all sorts of choices, like uh, variegated and and uh, different uh, sizes, uh, si- uh, sizes and shapes of leaves. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, that's a good picture of uh, of fire spike uh, in yesterday's paper, page six and C. That might be uh, somebody is interested in that. Uh, that might be a worthy plant for you to experiment with. It's it's, it's kind of fun. You meet, and uh, of course, Jerry, as you can tell, Jerry loves it. And uh, when the thing's blooming. Well, you got the foliage all the time. The foliage is very attractive. Yeah, shiny green. Yeah. And then uh, when the blooms, and you, it's another one of those plants, you uh, carry the bloom out into the patio, and mm-hmm. the, the hummingbirds will be right after you. <laughs> and then that, like I said, it's, it's a hosta substitute until about, uh, until about now, I guess, for, until August to September. And that's when it sends out those uh, beautiful red blooms, and they're uh, they're a clean bloom. What do we call a clean bloom, like firebush. In other words, they bloom, and uh, they don't hang on to a a dead bloom, a dying bloom. That was one of the reasons that we never have made uh, Mexican oregano a Texas superstar. Because there's no more drought tolerant, deer tolerant, uh, etc., than Mexican oregano. But when when it blo- and it blooms, it's pretty, and it'll bloom in dry locations. I was trying to remember. Is that kind of fragrance? But it, no, no. But it holds its bloom. It holds all the dead bloom. And a while back, I was talking. It, we it gets to look a little ratty. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about that, and uh, a guy called in, and uh, I think he was from Corpus Christi. But anyway, he said uh, he said the way he keep, uh, maintains uh, his Mexican oregano is he uses a, a rake. Oh. <laughs> he just rakes those stems and rakes the old blooms off periodically. Uh, a leaf rake, you know. I, uh-huh. uh, I've seen spr- people try to do it with uh, air even in, in holes. Yeah, holes. I don't think that works. doesn't work well. But that that rake, <laughs> he said it worked perfectly. It cleans all the dead blooms off, uh-huh. and it blooms again. So anyway, we haven't... Uh, Made that a Texas superstar. 
In addition to that uh, fire spike, uh, we talk about that Mexican honeysuckle. That's an interesting, too. It's another deer-proof plant. Yeah. And it's a mounding thing. It only gets about four feet tall, and uh, it'll get to be six or seven feet long, and uh, makes a nice dense. So it pr- provides some cover if you're looking for a bird cover, but uh, it's also got a a bloom that really attracts the hummingbirds and the butterflies. Oh, yeah. Call it Cape Honeysuckle. No, that's a different one. Oh, that's a different one? Yeah, the Cape Honeysuckle is the one that's like the trumpet creeper vine with the red. Oh, okay. Yeah, the red. uh, That. that, uh, I'm surprised you forgot, Jerry, because it's got that, your favorite orange color. (laughs) That that, that honeysuckle. Yeah. Mexican honeysuckle is kind of, it's kind of a bit, a bit, uh, orangish like the uh, University oh. of Texas orange. All right. But I think it's got a little more uh, red in it than you would than, than your uh, Texas orange. All right. 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. We're going to take a break while we do. Give us a call. Tell us what's going on in your gardening world. See if we can help you out. 210-308-8867. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch, Dr. Jerry Parsons. Back after this from Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road. On Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, 930 a.m., The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. There's lots of great things happening, and you can keep in touch with all the things that are going on at the nursery by going to millburgernursery.com. There you'll find some terrific sales this week, including ceramic and clay pots. Now 20% off all ceramic and clay pots. Huge selection to choose from. You see Sinisa blooming all around town. It's beautiful with its purple blooms, and now you'll find Sinisa on sale in the 3- and 5-gallon containers. Now on sale for just sixteen eighty eight. Perennials are on sale. This is a great way to save. Regularly six ninety nine in the number one pot. Now just four dollars and eighteen cents, or five for twenty dollars. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on variegated flax lily. You'll save on Mexican bird of paradise. Get this in the eight inch pot. Now just nine eighty eight. Gold star esperanza and much much more. Find out all the details at millburgernursery.com. That's millburgernursery.com. We'll see you at Millburgers sixteen oh four and Boulevard. Road. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, again, uh, if you're looking for a great pest control company, if you're worried about termites in your home and you want to have uh, someone on your team that's going to take care of it and uh, make sure that you're uh, safe and protected, Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control is the answer. They've been doing it since 1976, and uh, Spider-Man knows what he's doing. In fact, uh, a lot of folks that go to him in the industry uh, and get his advice. Well, you can go straight to him by calling 210-656-3721. If it's bugging you in the yard, Spider-Man uh, can help you get rid of it. And they're going to give you lots of different choices, lots of different answers. So bring your questions uh, because they love questions. It's Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. 210-656-3721. 210-656-3721. Online, that may be easier, go spidermanpest.com, go spidermanpest.com. Hey, do we have any more webinars coming up from uh, David and Molly? Um, um, I know we had the tomato one last week. Yeah, um, I haven't been able to figure out 
how to get connected that i guess the best way for people to get connected is to go to uh go yeah. to the website yeah the bear county agri-life bear, bear county agri-life website and uh, while i'm looking through here uh and i can look too while you talk about something else if you don't have it if you didn't bring it with you I brought it with me, but it's, it's in my in notes. That, that's a no. It's a in the big, big pile of notes. Six inches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> human uses of catnip. You want me to go through that again? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at those size. There, I got those, it. There's some, oh, of, some of those containers that are on sale. Oh yeah, very nice. Twenty percent off. Okay. Uh, let's see. What's today? August. 18th, right? No, 18th is Tuesday. 16th. 16th. Okay, the 18th is Tuesday. And uh, Lawn 101. Gosh, that's the webinar. All right. A lot of Turf Press Basics Zoom webinar, August 18th uh, at 12 to 1 p.m. And. Uh, you hook up with it uh, from the uh, uh, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension website, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're using Zoom. I guess they, they changed off the original uh, webinar. Oh. And now they're using Zoom webinar. Yeah, and that's easy and work seems to work well. And then uh, a couple of days later, on August 19th, well, the next day, uh, Molly talks about turf grass pest in a Zoom webinar from 12 to 1. So you can find out uh, some turf grass pests, like uh, uh, the big deal now is chinch chinch bugs. Chinch bugs. Now... And, and probably talk about grub worms and uh, and I'm sure Molly is is uh, in tune with what their the issues are and, and she's an entomologist but I'm sure she'll also bring it to everybody's attention about water 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 you know you don't automatically it's not automatically a disease yeah. or an in, or an insect even though you're, it looks like it sometimes with this heat. So, I mean, that, that those are two. We've got so many listeners. Yeah, you had one of those this morning, didn't you, on oh, uh, watering? Twice. Twi- two, two of them before the radio program ever started. Yeah, yeah that, that's a, a very common problem, um, especially around San Antonio here, because we have anywhere from... Not a very deep soil to no soil at all. And we got erratic. And you've got outcroppings. Yeah, and co- compacted areas. And yeah. So it's really not unusual when this weather s- changes or gets like it is for you to have those uh, brown areas show up uh, almost overnight. Yeah, and if you're... One of those people that like to go out and hand water when it's 104. <laughs> uh, and I see people doing it all over my neighborhood all the time. Uh, that's a good use of a handheld application of water into those brown spots. 
It's also a good test if you <clears> want to <throat> verify what we're talking about here. You just designate a part of that area and give it some generous hand watering uh, every day for four or five days, I think, in a lot of lawns, you get a response that quickly. Uh, and then it'll, that, if it greens up a little bit, that'll tell you that's what it is. And yeah. our sprinkler systems, uh, sadly, uh, they're, not, they're not always uh, no. even, even application of water either. Yeah, on a windy day, you go out and look where the water's hidden. And if your sprinkler heads have been on service for even a half a year or so, yeah. you can have them really given an uh, uneven application. So uh, that that may be a good test for your uh, hand water. If you got the uh, cup of coffee in one hand and the hose <laughs> in the other hand. Yeah, uh, my neighbor's funny. She she's out. Uh, she it seems like she likes to water under the trees with a, a hose and sprayer. And uh, when I drive up, she's out there. And I always say, don't you be getting any of that water on my grass. <laughs> you keep that water over on your side. I don't want any water on my grass. <laughs> she busts out laughing. Uh, also, on August 25th, uh, the Zoom webinar is growing a fall and winter vegetable garden. That's a Zoom webinar on August 25th from noon to 1. And then uh, uh, Molly comes along the next day, August 26th, and talking about uh, keeping your fall and winter garden pest-free. And uh, like I said, August 26th from 12 to 1. And... uh, Those are the two that I have. Hard to imagine with the the heat the way it is that we're only, what, three weeks, four weeks away from uh, winter garden. Yeah. Planning, this is uh, not a bad time to do your planning and your soil prep. You know, you can get get some organic material and uh, put it on your uh, raised bed garden and uh, our... Ten, 10 cups of uh, 1959 to really bring that uh, fertility up to good rate and then and then you got then you wait until you're ready to do some plant, planting a little before that no and wet it down Neil Sperry hey, says well hang on now we got we got a call we do we're going to go all the way to Johnson City for this one oh hell <laughs> Johnson City Joe's on the line at two one zero three zero eight. He's the only one that listens. That's not true. In Kendall County, he's the only. Is he in Kendall? Yeah. yeah. Joe, what county are you in? Or Gillespie? Oh no, he wouldn't be in Gillespie. Joe, well, Johnson welcome. City is in Kendall. Okay. Joe, are you there? Okay, I don't, I don't hear Joe, so I, I don't know what happened to Joe. We must be blessed. He's got, he's, he's calling about grapes. Oh, okay. Joe, 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 can you hear us? We, we can't I can hear, hear you. you. There you go. We couldn't hear Hello? you. Hello, Joe. Yeah, I can Joe? Hello, hello. <laughs> Joe. Okay. Joe, hello. Can, can you hear me? We can hear you now, Joe. We can hear you. Okay. Joe. 
Can you hear me? Speak Stop up. I can hear you. <laughs> what county are you in, Joe? Blanco. Blanco County, that's Blanco. right. Okay, okay. Yeah. We're, uh, I'm in Johnson City, the hometown of Lyndon B. Johnson. There you right. go. The president. And more, impo- more importantly, Lady Bird Johnson. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I got a question about grapes. you got to stick with me on this one. Several years ago, I heard a disease specialist said that our native grapes are natural carriers of Pierce's disease, but they are immune to it. They're like uh, typhoid berry. There you go. They're carriers. They're carriers of it. It's like some people carry the coronavirus. Okay, he said, forget about planting grapes unless you can find one that is really resistant to Pierce's disease. Well, I've got all these native uh, Mustang grapes, okay? And I'm not going to get rid of them because they put on berries and the birds. Oh, yeah. I mean, the grapes are old timers. They make wine out of it and jelly, and the birds love them. But here's my question. I found one, and I think it's on y'all's superstar list, too, called Victoria. Right. Mm -hmm. Victoria Red. Yeah. My question is, okay, I've got all these carriers of Pierce's disease. Victoria is highly resistant to Pierce's disease. That's what they say. Is it worth a chance of planting those? I've got a source. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, okay, it's, it's uh, yeah, they're, they're spread, the Pierce's disease is spread by uh, uh, thrips. Uh-huh. And so, and so uh, not, it, it's kind of erroneous to say that, uh, that all, all native grapes have, or harbor uh, Pierce's disease virus. But uh, but some of them are resistant to it. I'd say all most of them are resistant to Pierce's disease. Uh, but uh, I don't. I I would doubt that they're all harboring Pierce's disease. Someday though, and the and the trips carry it from that those to whatever's yeah. there. I'd go okay. ahead and try Victoria Red. Okay, I'm going to give it, and I'll t- keep you updated on it. I, I, did I hear you say yesterday y'all have the flare uh, hibiscus there? No, I told that lady to uh, look for it. To, to look for it. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen flare here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I've I've been the, trying to find it, but I thought you said you had. Now that would be a, worth a trip. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Well, the pictures I've seen of it are outstanding, beautiful. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's the best uh, perennial hibiscus that you can get. Okay. Because it's, it's, well, it's on a dwarf size and uh, uh, very uh, hardy. Okay. It blooms, 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 blooms. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know. I, I haven't looked at my other sources about it to see where it might be. But uh, yeah, the, the main the main uh, grower of uh, flare 
uh, and more grande uh, went out of business. Oh my uh, God, boy, grande! Yeah. You can't get those anymore. Uh, they're very difficult to find. Oh, all right. Well, in my fact, star hibiscus is a bog plant. I got it in my water garden. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. it, yeah, they, they, they like do that. Great. They do great in a water garden. Oh yeah. Well, they come uh, they, out of a they bog out to... of Louisiana. I found out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they uh, love to. Uh, the best place to plant a perennial hibiscus uh, or mallow. Uh, they came out of the swamp. All of them came out of a swamp. Their ancestry, and so they love to put, have one foot in the in the ground and. One foot in uh, in the, in water. Yeah, I have mine covered with about six inches of water, and they they do great. Oh yeah, no problem. They, uh, they do fine. Uh, I, I probably could even seek it deeper, but I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll I'll keep I'll check and see if we've. Uh, it seemed like we had some flare earlier on in the season, but. Uh, I found a, a source of the other one of its sport. Right, right. You know, the, the, uh, the, peppermint the, flare. Yeah, I found that, but that's not the one I want. That's uh, a, that's the rarest one of them all. That's a a sport of flare. Yeah. Well, I've got, uh, and that's uh, a good grower. I got white salvia coccinias. Uh, they oh, they're a white sport of the red yeah. coccinia. Yeah, yeah. All okay, right. I'll check. I'll check and see uh, if we've got any flare, uh, or we're gonna get any flare in later, and let you know. All right. I appreciate that. I didn't say anything about those peppers either. Yeah, we still got those peppers. I, that's what I was gonna remind you of. <laughs> we still got those some of those peppers. Yeah. I don't know. If I come down there, I'm going to spend a hundred dollars. <laughs> They're okay with that. Yeah, you got plenty of money. <laughs> you were, aren't you a retired teacher? Uh, school administrator. That's the reason well, why. There I can you take, go. That's why I can take a, a insult so well. I'm used to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank y'all, guys. All right. I thanks for calling. Bye bye. Thanks, come Joe. On. You take care. All right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Who do we ask about the flare, you think? We'll wait till somebody comes by. They used to be right out yonder. <laughs> yeah. Toward where we parked. Uh, we, we were reading the webinars and, and uh, David's webinar this this week is going to be uh, fall gardening, right? No, it's going to be turf grass. Yeah, you but said the was... week after that. Is going to be uh, uh, fall gardening, and he'll be talking about uh, some of the cold crops, C-O-L-E crops, uh, which can stand cold, C-O-L-D. Oh, okay. Temperatures. But so what is the definition of cold? Uh, below ninety degrees? Or? <laughs> yeah, and um, we. In fact, uh, this week in uh, Neil Sparrow's newsletter, he says uh, cabbage, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and cauliflower transplant. This is the prime weekend to plant them. Wow. 
up yonder, up up in where he lives, maybe, but not down here. And uh, Trace and and Milburgers has purposely, even though the plants, the, the transplants have been available, have purposely not ordered them because of of this extremely hot weather. Uh, it's all, always uh, best to plant those cold crops, C O L E. Mm-hmm. In uh, in cooler temperatures, let them develop in cooler temperatures. I always they'll uh, grow better. I I can't even think about them until we cross the September border. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they're they were selected uh, to tolerate this heat. If you give them water, those transplants will tolerate they'll this live. heat. They'll live. Yeah. But uh, to really grow and do their best, they've got to have England-like weather, uh, very temperate uh, weather. So uh, we're, this is not the ideal prime weekend to plant them in, in the San Antonio area, and that's why there's no plants available here at Millburgers. Probably will be in a couple of weeks. And uh, Neil also put out a deal, said, alert, beginning next week, this coming week, I'll be guiding you to the application of pre-emergent granules to stop germination of annual bluegrass. Now, why would anybody want to stop germination of annual bluegrass? It's beautiful. It's a weed. I'm waiting for my backyard <laughs> to start showing up. It's beautiful. Uh, rescue grass are, and ryegrass. Uh, timing is uh, August 25th through Labor Day weekend. That may be a little er- early for us. It's, yeah, that's a Dallas thing. Yeah, that's a Dallas thing. But uh, if if you don't like that annual bluegrass that comes up, uh, which I love, the uh, you you be looking for uh, when uh, September rolls around uh, for a pre-emergent herbicide to keep it from germinating. Yeah, we well we do. What do we about? We, we talk about the control of uh, rye and the winter weeds. Uh, I mean, not rye, but uh, rescue grass right. and the winter weeds. And uh, in, incidental to that is the annual bluegrass, which is, which is on some neighborhoods it is. I guess it is a, shows up quite a bit. Yeah. Last year, last year there was more of it than I've normally seen. Uh, the the bluegrass. Yeah. They're beautiful. <laughs> It's, uh, and it, it seemed to seemed to leave when it got it got dry in the winter, and then it came right back after the rains. And it's not not as much not an as aggressive grower as rye, as uh, rescue grass is. Yeah, it's a little easier to control. Hey, let's take a break. We'll get back with more and talk more about Neil and stuff in a moment. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscape Nursery, sixteen zero four on Boulevardy Road on nine thirty a.m. The Answer. 
Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. There's lots of great things happening, and you can keep in touch with all the things that are going on at the nursery by going to millburgernursery.com. There you'll find some terrific sales this week, including ceramic and clay pots. Now 20% off all ceramic and clay pots. Huge selection to choose from. You see Sinisa blooming all around town. It's beautiful with its purple blooms, and now you'll find Sinisa on sale in the three- and five-gallon containers now on sale for just sixteen eighty eight. Perennials are on sale. This is a great way to save. Regularly six ninety nine in the number one pot. Now just four dollars and eighteen cents, or five for twenty dollars. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on variegated flax lily. You'll save on Mexican bird of paradise. Get this in the eight inch pot. Now just nine eighty eight. Gold star esperanza and much much more. Find out all the details at millburgernursery.com. That's millburgernursery.com. We'll see you at Millburgers sixteen oh four on Boulevardy Road. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. You heard me talk about BSG here in San Antonio, your home for smart security systems. Go to bsgtexas.com and learn all about what's going on over there. And when you get there, you'll find out how right now you can get a free security system plus two cameras uh, for zero payments for the first six months um, on selected home security systems. And there, so there's uh, all products include professional installation by a licensed technician, and you get your choice of the uh, SkyBell uh, video doorbell or the outdoor indoor cameras. Uh, no payments for the first six months, no credit check, no down payment, zero installation, zero activation. All the details are at bsgtexas.com, where they help you build a smart security system uh, that really is more than just security. And it, while it does a great job with that, it also helps make your life a lot more convenient, too, through some of the things that they have. One of the most popular ones is their automated uh, smart garage door opener, which if you get outside a certain perimeter of your house, if you left the garage door open, which occasionally happens, it'll warn you and tell you on your phone. And you can just press a button, and it closes it. It's that easy. So give them a call. You can find them at 210-877-1222. That's bsgtexas.com, 877-1222, 210-877-1222, or online at bsgtexas.com. All right. So what else we got going on over there? Um, our, our phone number, by the way, 210-308-8867, 308 yeah, and this week in the garden, Kevin writes about, uh, and I'm sure in flower beds and in, uh, in uh, Asian jasmine beds or ground cover beds that you've been watering, uh, that you've seen some Bermuda grass sneak in there. And uh, you can control, Kevin writes, uh, control Bermuda grass and other invasive weed grasses. Grasses. It only kills grasses. Entering the flower garden and shrub border with one of the grass specific herbicides, such as Post, Grass Be Gone, Fusillade, Over the Top, or Ornamac. Uh, follow label instructions. 
Now, with that said, uh, if you got an area that has had Bermuda grass in it and that you haven't been watering and it's not growing real well, you need to water it, thoroughly water it uh, a week or two before you apply one of those uh, herbicides. Yeah, if it's not if it's not growing actively or attacking your garden, then you can probably wait a little while. Let's see. Yeah, we got we got September. It kills still kill it in September and October. Probably. Yeah, but uh, it has to be growing fast uh, or growing rapidly so it'll uptake the chemical. And remember, this only kills grassy weeds. Which is a good thing because it it doesn't uh, doesn't kill your ornamentals uh, or, or even petunias or any type of flowers you might have out there. But it's a bad thing in that uh, it won't kill any of the broadleaf weeds and uh, some of the things that you'd like to get rid of. But uh, it only only kills the grasses. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't do well on uh, nut nutsedge. But it, yes, it doesn't work on nutsedge. Speaking of nutsedge, uh, we need to apply. If you have nutsedge uh, in lawns and beds, uh, you need to apply the product called Image or Sledgehammer. To kill it while the soil temperature is warm or hot, <laughs> so um, you don't you don't want to do that late in the fall because you won't have as good of results. So, uh, and uh, just just recently we found out that uh, you that uh, especially image. Is uptaken through the root system, not necessarily through the through the uh, leaflets, I guess you'd call them, uh, the leaves at the top of the of the plant. But uh, it has to that has to occur in a warm soil, and uh, while the uh, uh, nut sage is actively growing. So you want to get rid of those things now. I know. Uh, when we were working with the uh, children's gardens uh, at the various schools, which is a good idea <laughs> when they started, but the problem that they run into is uh, during the summer, they're not watered or uh, worked. And so the Bermuda grass, which is at most college campuses, or high, uh, school campuses, uh, the nut, the Bermuda grass would jump in there and take those beds, and I mean, solid, solid set, kill them. So uh, when the teachers go back to school, uh, they have the chore of trying to uh, dig that out, dig all that Bermuda grass out, which will never occur. Uh, the best way to get it get it out is kill it to the root, and uh, and the water water the the uh, bed thoroughly 
uh, maybe an inch or inch and a half of water so it's completely soaked and give the Bermuda grass about a week or ten days to re-sprout, start growing vigorously, which it will do, and uh, then apply these products that Calvin mentions in his in his uh, uh, article uh, Solace Post P-O-A-S-T uh, Grass Begone fur- Fusillade Over the Top or Ornamec and uh, that'll kill that Bermuda grass to the roots oh, and make sure you read those uh, labels it's getting more complex because uh the, those products have so, all these variations, you know. If, yeah. If you use Roundup, you know that there's about seven different formulas. The one, the one that is especially uh, an issue uh, is the uh, oh, the one for uh, the nut sedge. Mm-hmm. You also have to be careful because uh, that that uh, that herbicide will will uh, not. Will affect some a lot of uh, good uh, plants, you know. Ornamental like, plants. Yeah, whereas uh, whereas the grass uh, um, the the uh, grass herbicide won't, but yeah. that one will. So you want to be you want to be careful and read those labels. It just it just necessary. Is that read the label before or after? I I always think most it's people, be- most people use it after. I <laughs> know it. Oh, why did this happen? <laughs> I think it's a uh, it's a good idea to, and I've seen the people there standing at the counter here at Millburgers at the uh, trying to pick which of those herbicides they should use. That's always a good idea, so that I this is this is the issue I have. This is the problem, and this one I've checked these three, and this is the one that's going to best address that issue. Yeah. Now, Milton's done a good job uh, on the commercial breaks talking about the specials on Mm -hmm. Millburgers. And I will call that to your attention that they're going to be available all of next week, according to my printout, which says price is good through Monday, August 25th. Uh, and uh, the good news on that is <laughs> the plants are that are on special are super plants. Yeah. And uh, some of our favorite ones, uh, uh, like, uh, okay, Ma- Mexican Bird of Paradise, Fried of Barbados is on sale. Was twelve ninety nine in an 8-inch pot. Uh, it now is nine eighty eight. Now the uh, uh, several, if if you, Calvin and I were talking about that, uh, they seem to be going kind of out of bloom now. And uh, Calvin's neighbor uh, Bart sent me uh, some pictures of his uh, Prada Barbados that he cut cut the. Blooms, the uh, not blooms, like the spent- seed spots, yeah, the seed pods, spikes, off about uh, two or three weeks ago, and uh, they're blooming again. Wow. Oh wow! Uh, in full bloom again. So that was that was one of the, 
questions we had, whether that actually, we've been recommending it, but did, did it actually work? <laughs> now, well, I think the reason it doesn't work for a lot of people is that they wait for the seed to ripen. Hmm. You know, they wait until later on in the mm-hmm. season, maybe uh, September or something like that, to try to cut those seed pods off. So the sooner you it's do it after late. that flower's spent, yeah, right. the better off you are. And the longer uh, hot period you'll have to grow the plant back to a bloom cycle. So that was good good information Bart fur, uh, furnished there. And uh, but like I said, uh, the key to it is to do it uh, right after it sets its first little pods, uh, seed pods, and not after it matures the seed pod, because uh, you haven't got enough uh, hot weather to stimulate it to grow back and and uh, bloom. If uh, if you wait till later on in the fall. Uh, this was a, something that we discovered on the uh, firebush. Uh, firebush was, uh, I first saw it in, in, in uh, uh, Laredo in front of uh, the Gentry's uh, Garden Center. And uh, Willie Gentry, who's a master uh, propagator and uh, uh, used to write for the Express years ago. Hmm. Well, now, and hang on, we got a, we got a salesman that already. Uh oh. Uh We're gonna stop it. Uh. We're gonna take a quick break. While we do, give us a call at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. We'll find out more from Jerry right after we get you caught up with the news on nine thirty a.m. This is the answer. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Our phone number is 210-308-8867. And uh, we encourage you to give us a call. What's what we do here? We talk about gardening and uh, your gardening issues. Talk about birding a little bit and things that might interest you out in the garden. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Wild Birds Unlimited in just a second. It was fun visiting with Kyle yesterday. He does a good job. and. Uh, Knowing that Bill's okay. Yeah, that's good. It was good to hear that he's still cruising around there. Yeah. Of course, I see him. Oh, well, I don't see I him, but I uh, hear from him. Hear from him. Yeah. We, we, we know Bill's okay. We don't know if he's cruising or not. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he might be limping. It's, uh, cruising is it's, it's, yeah. uh, too graceful, I think. But anyway, give us a call. Be a part of the show. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. All right. So you were saying about the... Uh, the gentries and uh, the firebush. firebush and all that. Yeah, uh, I was down visiting with Willie Gentry and I was admiring firebush. First time I'd ever seen it. And uh, he, he made a statement to me. He said, you know, I could sell every plant 
I could produce of that fireplace. He had it on display in front of his uh, nursery. And uh, that struck me as interesting from a man that was a master propagator like Willie Gentry. And uh, the uh, so I took some cuttings thinking I was going to show Willie up, you know. And I did. I took them home and I, prop- I propagated leaves, uh, small stems, everything I stuck rooted. Huh. I couldn't figure that out. How, how could Willie say that he couldn't root them? And uh, I had such an easy time rooting them. Come to find out, he didn't take any cuttings of his plant materials until late fall. Oh. Uh, when the plant was basically stopping stopping its growth habit, and uh, because he didn't want to cut any of the blooms off, and Will is a, a, a nurseryman, a marketing man, and so uh, so we figured that out, and we later. Uh, and did th- you, Doctor Tim Davis? Did, uh, did you gent- gently explain to him the? Uh, the success that you had, or did you... Uh... <laughs> no, I went down there beating my chest about I how, say, yeah. how, how I could read things better than he could. Yeah, I kind of figured that might happen. <laughs> and uh, later on, uh, Tim Davis, who used to be a research horticulturist, and uh, Dr. Wayne McKay up in Dallas uh, did some work on firebush and found out that uh, if you're going to root it late... Uh, you need to use bottom heat on it. Oh. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the media that you propagated in. But uh, that that research is on plantanswers.com. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, well, where, where did that figure uh, firebush, that was, was that one of the first Texas superstars, or was it? It's the second. Second. Oh, wow. Uh, the Blue Bonnets were first. Oh, I gosh, I should have been able to <laughs> yeah, guess that. Uh, yeah. I think uh, he's told me that about Zinnias. Zinnias were third. Uh, <laughs> Zinnias, <so>. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, also, uh, some, we got a question in about uh, somebody that had planted a royal empress tree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> several years ago because it was touted as a fast-growing tree. It's one of those in the back of the magazine. Yeah, right, right. Well, fast-growing it is. And messy. Yeah. After a windstorm a year ago, many of its branches broke out and I had to have the tree taken down. Well, he thought he was having the tree taken down. I had the stump ground out as well and one or two major roots. I now have seedlings coming up everywhere in my yard. I spend time in my yard every day, (laughs) every day, pulling and cutting them up. What weed killer would be best at eliminating them without harming my grass? Z. Is it sure there's there's uh, seedlings? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's seedlings and uh, sprouts. Sprouts from the roots. Roots yeah. from the roots. Yeah. And uh, so that that comes back to our uh, 
cut vine and stump killer uh, to use it. Uh, you, you, I'm, uh, I'm too lazy to go out in this hot weather, because, but uh, so I see some of my hackberries seedlings, which are everywhere, uh, getting a head start on me. Uh, when all I need to do is uh, make a cut on them, uh, and then put put a drop of that uh, cut vine and stump killer that we talk about all the time, and that'll that'll take them out of grass without damaging the grass. Now, if you had a really thick planting, you know, like the way when I, I talk talk about my my uh, cat cat claw vine, where it gets so thick, either on the ground or on a fence, that you you can spray remedy on it without it penetrating. Yeah. You could uh, you, uh, the empress tree if it was uh, thick like that and you didn't have a lawn, you were going to disturb it. You could just do a spray on those all those sprouts that were coming up. Yeah. And uh, that would work too, uh, depending on how many he had. Yeah. Now your your cat's claw didn't that used to cross the road? In well, other words, didn't that go from your property across the joint to the joint? Well, like I, I know I know it goes wherever there's a soil. It'll run across yeah. the soil, and it reseeds. You know, it's got so it's got pots, and it runs across the utility line. Yeah, that's. That's what I remembered, and uh, the other day when I was over at your house, I didn't see it crossing the road, and I couldn't remember whether I imagined that or whatever. You kind of, they brought it to my attention uh, a few months ago when the thing were blooming, that behind the neighbors across the street, all the the trees back there were just covered with the yellow blooms. And oh, is that right? Saying, Isn't that beautiful? And I said, uh. Oh no, I know what that is. It's not. It's not going to be. It's not going to be beautiful with all those trees dying. Yeah, it's it. Uh, the birds spread the seed, I guess. Yeah, like it. It. Of course, it runs just like you said. It runs across the ground, runs under the ground, yeah. and mm. then then it's got a. It starts by seed as well. But it's interesting, out of of all the years we've been doing this program, how many people have brought a cat's claw vine in to be identified? Three, two or three? Not many. It must be a rare plant. I think it was, I first had it uh, identified by Paul Cox. He was out there and... He kind of looked aghast. <laughs> he said, "Well, that's cat's claw." You know. Yeah. Or uh, when do we, for a while they're marketing it as uh, yellow honeysuckle or. Oh, they were marketing it, huh? As a uh, a vine, a desirable vine. Can't remember what they called it. Maybe you should stop propagating that, Calvin. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it's not widespread. Only in my neighborhood. Is it more invasive than uh, 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 pink, uh, the uh, pink vine, uh, coral vine? 
It is not sensitive. It's not sensitive to cold, so it's got a lot. It's got. Oh, it doesn't doesn't very bad. No, it you know. So any progress it's made in spreading, it, it, it stops there. Stops there, but then goes right on after <laughs> where it's coral vine. Yeah, all the way to, to the root. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's. I don't know. That'd be an interesting uh, um, st- study or idea to find out where. If cat's claw is in uh, lots of places around San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, I was just interested why uh, we never have gotten a lot of questions on it. We should because the bloom is striking and the... Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And the damage that the the vine does is pretty striking, too. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. Uh, The... uh, Somebody wrote in and said that they planted two oak trees about 18 years ago, and one started dying about a week ago with sap coming out of the trunk. That's not a good sign. Uh, then they, they wanted to blame a neighbor who'd sprayed a weed killer along the fence line about 25 feet away. That's uh, Could that have been the damage, caused the damage? But uh, no, there's a, uh, some kind of decay or other co- other problem in the lower part of the trunk of this tree. And uh, did it say what kind what, of tree? That's, that's what uh, is oak. Yeah, two oak trees they uh, planted. When I when I hear that story, I think of the the red oaks and them getting uh, either wounded by the. Uh, string mowers yeah. and or, and uh, mo- lawn mowers, or even s- some of them getting uh, wounded by the sun. Yeah, so sun's gone. Yeah. Sun's gone. Yeah. Hey, we got uh, James on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Hey there, James. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? I'm doing fine. Other than it's hot, my I'm just hit a hundred. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it is hot. We agree. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, reminisce real quick, and then I got squirrels and pecans. Packers here. Dodging a bad car accident. Some lighting, and so I cross. I cross the grass. Are you hearing him? No, I'm hearing him. James, your phone keeps breaking up. We 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 Kind of. Is there a way that you can kind of? Will you get yeah, a good phone, James? <laughs> I don't think it's the phone. I think it's his, it's his carrier. Well, you, you, you should see the phone. It looks like it's blown up. No, it's not, it's not helping, James. No. We hear like every every second you cut out. So we get we get one second, nothing, one second, nothing, one second, nothing. So, yeah, it's hard to... You wanna, do, do me a favor. Just... Uh, Let's see. We'll put you on hold and see if there's a little better place, and then we'll uh, and Al will kind of check in with you in a sec. He's using another phone out there. I don't think it's the phone. I think it's the the, the cell service. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Al, if you'll kind of see if you can work with him to to find a better spot for him to 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 call us from, that'll be great. All right. What else you got there? I interrupted you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I, if you interrupt me, Milton, you have to... I take the risk? ...have to tell me what I was talking about. Well, I will remember next time, but... I found an article 
that I thought was very interesting. Uh, foods that are bad for your dog. And then foods that are healthy for your dog. So I thought I would, uh, and, and what the first one captured my attention, so I would talk about the foods that are healthy for your dog. All right. And the first one listed is watermelon. Really? Yeah. And uh, on a hot day like today, mm. who can doubt the benefits of watermelon? Well, do the dogs, do you, if you had dogs that were interested in watermelon? <laughs> I guess I'll so. say your dog can eat small doses of watermelon. I never, I never eat a small dose. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, you know, coyotes certainly do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, with seeds removed. Oh, really? So that uh, I understand that the, seed, the seedless watermelon was developed for dogs. Is that right? Yeah. like. Can you see us? I don't think you've ever heard that. I've heard that you taste them. Yeah. Cutting this little slice of watermelon and picking out the seeds for your dog and cutting Well, you get a seedless watermelon. What's wrong with you? Uh, like lots of other fruits, it's great for vitamins and even hydration. Mm. We need some hydration right now, don't we, Milton? You know what? I, I've seen it. I was trying to think of where, if it was in uh, one of the places I went gone bird watching in the tropical. And, uh, you know, I was in, in a, you know, working on the highway, and it was very hot. I think it was probably in South Africa, and we were waiting. And that's how the work crew was given water. Or, I mean, the watermelon? Yeah, yeah. They had the, they took a break, and everybody had watermelon, and they, <laughs> and they had uh, the truck truck for the crew there, and had watermelons in the back. Yeah. Instead of water, water tanks or anything like that. Well, you know, uh, the water, the water, watermelon uh, uh, was a. I don't know. I don't know whether it originated, or, or or was widely used in the in the desert states uh, to carry water, like a little canteen that uh, that people carried water with. Uh, watermelon is highly healthy, but it does contain sugar too. I bet that's why my Blood sugars go up when I, we have watermelon tasting test. And you eat a half a watermelon. I bet that's what's doing that. Which should always be consumed in moderation. No way. You, uh, hmm? he, his uh, education, all those degrees he has, he really has learned a lot. Of <laughs> hey, we got to we hang on. Hang on for that. For okay. So watermelon, yes. James is back with us. We think we weren't a... A Did he get phone. a decent phone? I think he went out and bought a different phone. Oh, okay. Real quick. It was just delivered to him. So, hey, James, welcome back. Let's see if you're doing better this time. Okay, can you hear me this time? Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. That's a lot better. Throw that old yeah, phone two, away. My two-year-old granddaughter must have turned off my life. Oh, my goodness. Tell that boy to slow down. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Dr. Parsons, I had a, I had a um, remembrance, if that's the right word, yesterday. There was a terrible accident on 1604 and 35 on the south side when I was coming into San Antonio yesterday. So I had to yeah. cut across a 
get off the highway, and I drove right in front of Versta's farm. And I think you said they're not in business, but I remember buying vegetables there many years ago. Yeah. time on the weekend. Ms. Versa passed away, and the yeah. daughter-in-laws yeah. didn't want to keep it open. The fields in the front were plowed, but I noticed they had a lot of implements and everything for sale out there by the highway, so it was sad to see. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. the, re- the reason why I called is um, my friend, who is a Versa, uh, I look, was looking at his Mohawk pecan earlier this week, and it is loaded. So I got my Choctaw here that's got about 30 nuts on it, all green. And he took a piece of sheet metal, if you will, and wrapped it around and ripped it all together. So I'm thinking about duplicating that, but the only thing I could find was some in the shed was some 15-inch flashing, if you will, metal flashing. So if yeah. I piece a couple of those together and wrap it around, my question is, will it be effective? And if it is, should I put it at the bottom or four or five feet off the ground or it might you're just talking about, not be you're talking about keeping squirrels out of it yeah i got a healthy squirrel population every time i pick up a gun of any sort my dog goes crazy i think she's been <laughs> shot at before she was a stray oh yeah the uh yeah. The, the the deal with squirrels uh you can put uh a, a barrier at the base of the tree if the squirrel can't jump into the tree from an adjoining structure or tree. No, it cannot for this tree. It's, they it's cannot? around it. Okay, Not, good. No, just, but, put yeah. it, just put it at the base of the tree. How high up? Yeah, it's got to go up a ways. About three or four feet. Yeah, because I've seen it. They can do, some of them can do they some can pretty jump, good jumping. Yeah. Okay, but, uh, so not, don't, yeah, put, that'll work. don't raise it up, put it at the ground level then, and go up about four or five feet. Right. That should do it. Okay. Yeah. And just okay. make, a, make a bearer there. What, uh, getting back to your friend's uh, mohawk, does yeah. he, uh, oh. uh, you said he had a lot of nuts on the tree? That tree is loaded. I told him, uh, first of October, I'm bringing a couple of five-gallon buckets. He said, bring them on. Yeah, how how uh, does he water it very often? He said he has been, and I asked him how old the tree was. I asked him, if, I was just guessing 20 years, and he said it's not that old, but I think it is um, about 20 years old, but the tree is just, it's loaded right now. Yeah, well, and he does water. That's not a good thing with a mohawk, because a mohawk oh. is a big pecan. And it won't fill out the nuts if it has an overload of uh, nuts on the tree. So the best thing okay. he could do, best thing he could do now, is knock half of them off. Okay, what's the best way? I'll tell him that he, he's hard. He's harder so he ain't gonna. But if he does do it, is it too late? And what's the best way to do that? It's uh, not too late if uh, they haven't gone through the water stage. In other words, when you t- cut a to cut a nut open, uh, if you, if you can see the little pecan kernels in there, and no water pours out of it, then uh, it's too late. But uh, no water could, can you, too late. Okay. Yeah, uh, you could okay. still 
just by knocking some of those nuts off uh, saves the tree from limb breakage. Yeah, because they're they're sagging. I mean, it's loaded. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. Uh, and just knock, you just knock them off with a cane, some type of cane. On the, uh, on the branch, not, just knock the branches, the low branches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did mention because you had said about the water table last week or week before, or the water stage on the nuts. And for my trick, it went. Is that a certain time during the growing season, or is it dependent on weather, or or how does? It no, it, they always go through every season. They go through what we call a water stage, uh, where they they're literally the nuts are literally full of water. And uh, uh-huh. at that stage, any type of insect damage or anything that uh, damages a tree, uh, it can be drought too, uh, will cause nuts to fall off. Okay. But is that is that like early in the spring or is it very Yeah, that's, that's uh, about uh, midsummer. Midsummer, okay. Yeah. Okay. So just bust one open, one of those green ones in the husk, if you will, and yeah, see if it squirts, yeah, squirts any water out. Just cut it all open, and if it's uh, is in the water stage, it'll it'll the water will pour out of there just like water out of a glass. Yeah, I think my my, my trees are beyond it. Yeah, they're uh, yeah, because they're. I'm afraid his is too. Yeah. So if I, I, I would still thin those nuts out. You would still thin them about thirty percent, fifty percent, or what do you? At think? least I'd say forty okay. percent. Okay, and if he doesn't do it, then the nuts are not going to fill out, is what you're saying, the colonel? Yes, sir. Uh, Mohawk. Okay. Uh, when I first came here, that was uh, Bluford Hancock, who was a pecan specialist for Texas. Uh, well, that was his favorite nut, and he would right. always wanted to win the pecan shows, which mm-hmm. I was judging. And if he, if I didn't think that mohawk was the best sample, I wouldn't put it first place, which uh, put which got away with Blueford quite a bit. But uh, uh, it was hard to beat a Sue. Uh, a Sioux, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, when I called when I called the other day, I couldn't remember. But about three years ago, I got a pollinator Choctaw for my Choctaw, and I couldn't remember the name when I was speaking with you. I got it's Cheyenne. I remembered, and it's doing well. Oh, but yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's too young yeah, to bear good. fruit. I'm thinking within two years, maybe it'll it'll help this Choctaw out a little bit. Yeah, Sioux is is the mother. Uh, tree of uh, Cheyenne. Oh, okay. All right. Good deal. All right. Hey, I Thanks. appreciate the information. Yeah, Thank James, you. we got to go. Thanks, man. Thanks for helping us out with uh, we got glad got you on. All right, we're going to take All a right. break. While we do, you give us a call, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More in a moment on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. 
Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. There's lots of great things happening, and you can keep in touch with all the things that are going on at the nursery by going to millburgernursery.com. There you'll find some terrific sales this week, including ceramic and clay pots. Now 20% off all ceramic and clay pots. Huge selection to choose from. You see Sinisa blooming all around town. It's beautiful with its purple blooms, and now you'll find Sinisa on sale in the three- and five-gallon containers, now on sale for just $16.88. Perennials are on sale. This is a great way to save. Regularly $6.99 in the number one pot, now just $4.18 or $5 for $20. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on variegated flax lily. You'll save on Mexican bird of paradise. Get this in the eight-inch pot, now just $9.88. Gold Star Esperanza and much, much more. Find out all the details at MillburgerNursery.com. That's MillburgerNursery.com. We'll see you at Millburgers, 1604 on Boulevard. Road. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas, live from Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Bull Road. We'll get you the results of the blood drive uh, uh, next weekend and see how we did. We'll get a report. No, no report yet. So uh, we'll get that coming up next week. Hey, uh, the other place I want to tell you about is uh, Wild Birds Unlimited. The cool thing about places like Millburgers and Wild Birds Unlimited and other places is they're locally owned. Um, and even though Wild Birds Unlimited is a franchise, Kyle and Bill and the gang there uh, feel uh, it is it is locally owned and operated. But there there's a real partnership with you if you will uh you kind of you go in they know you if you go in there your first time you're gonna you're not gonna be there very long before someone who goes in who knows kyle or knows bill and they're gonna tell them about all their successes or that that's thing you suggested worked oh that was great uh or in fact they may even be that they remember hey how did that go when we told you to put up that one thing that yeah. was supposed to keep the birds interested Oh, it went great, yeah, because so they know what's going on. They've, they, they've built a successful company based on helping you, not just selling you. They're basic. they got a basic belief in education. They yeah. re- realize that it's best for their business if their participants and their customers are successful at gardening or uh, yeah, or, dealing or with the birds bringing and nature to the yard. Yeah, yeah and they, they sincerely care. You'll you'll pick that up, too. The people who come in who have been longtime customers, and this is what they'll tell you, too. They've been there you know, 10, 20 years. They, they, there's a relationship. Well, if it's the case of Bill, it's been like 50 <laughs> years, hasn't it? I'll, I'll let Bill speak for himself. I'm not going to get Bill angry at me. I've had Bill angry at me with before. It's not pretty. So, uh, but anyway, uh, check them out. If you're interested in, if you want to keep your squirrels and you enjoy watching them, they've got things for that. We mentioned all the birds that are coming to town. They can then, and we'll be migrating. We mentioned that, the hummingbirds. We talked about water. We talked about the great feeds. It's all different kinds of things you'll find at Wild Birds Unlimited, especially if you've got kids or grandkids. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard about people that have introduced something to the yard. And the kids are just fascinated with it, which is wonderful because normally they're fascinated with their uh, their mobile phones. So this is great. And yeah, we we talked about yesterday two two really topics that uh, that meet those requirements: that hummingbird feeding, yeah, and the water for the birds. Yeah, it's fascinating, and just really an immediate response you get. Kids love it. 
Well, that was the cool thing that, uh, that he told me. So Wild Birds Unlimited, Hebner and Northwest Military, and the Almost Creek Shopping Center, Hebner and Northwest Military. And you can give them a What's call. Uh, the number, of course, is right here. It's got a, there we go, is uh, 210-479-2473. Or it's easy to remember, 210-479-BIRD. All right. Does she want to, Calvin, do you want to see, man, did you want to be on the air and ask her a question? You want to be on the, the... Is that okay? You just you just talk. You can talk right there at, just, the, you don't have at to that microphone. There you, you go. Just right there, you'll be good. Right. Tell us what's tell going, us a little bit on? about what you got here. Right? We have a branch from a cherry laurel that we don't know what's happening. Now, is, how big is the plant? About six foot. About, about six, six foot. foot. Has it been... Uh, is it an old plant, or is it pretty new? No, we just had them. Um, You'll have to get up here if you can. They just had them planted about uh, June 30th. Oh, just recently? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, even even the, even if it hadn't been new with the cherry laurel, I was going to guess, guess at this 100-degree this heat. But June 30th, it, you're going to have to be real careful and water it right at the base. Hand water and be real generous because that, that root ball, the roots are not going to be growing in this hot, hot soil. So you're going to have to keep that damp to, to maintain it, and then it'll just have to uh, take off as soon as the weather cools a bit. But is this in full sun or is it in morning sun? Full sun. Full sun is a little scary. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, uh, you're gonna have to water it to generous, generously once a week. Once a week? Once a week. They tell us to water it three times a week the yeah. first month, two times a week so the second month. They told her three times a week the first month, two times and the second have, month. We have have, have mm-hmm. you done it? Yes. Now, when you're watering, how much water do you give it? Until uh, water sits on the that they put around the tree. All right, so until water sits in the bowl they put we around. Have clay soil. It's All right. like a yeah. dark, well, here, Calvin, it's it's kind of hard to do this because I know she doesn't want to be on the air. That's okay. No, don't leave. He's going to help you. But we're just going to go back to this part, okay? All right, you keep talking to her, and then we'll we'll tell you what happens in a moment. All right, 210-308-8867. All right, what else you got there, Jerry? Oh, you're okay. Wait, wait. Wait, I'm not sure what's happening now. It's, right. it's lack of water. Yeah. All right. Which, uh, anyway, and my watermelon deal, it says uh, it's good for them, but be sure to keep the seeds and rind away from your dog. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why they won't eat the rind. I think, too, I've actually heard of, like, the zoo using watermelon, too. Okay. The animals like it. I don't know why the rind either. There's probably a reason that we don't know. But, but yeah, the... Uh, uh, it says, as, as those can cause intestinal blockage. Oh, well, now we know why. I think they chew them. Oh. They chew them up, don't they? I don't know. I think so. And the second one, other than watermelon, I could, I could buy into watermelon. But broccoli, Melissa. 
Oh, dogs like broccoli? <laughs> or it's good for them? Yeah. They may not like it. Dogs can enjoy small amounts of broccoli. Yeah. Be sure to cut it into easy-to-chew pieces as raw broccoli can be quite tough. That's the truth. But not too tough for a dog to chew up. I don't know. Uh, track, track the amount uh, you feed to your dog as there is too much of a good thing. Broccoli mm. contains substances that can lead to stomach irritation in large doses. So, uh, and I, I, I would bet if you put some Velveeta cheese on that thing, <laughs> that that would happen. The dog will like it even more? Oh, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I bet you the article doesn't even say that. It doesn't even say that. I kind of uh, threw that in. Okay. As a person. That's, that's terrible. Interest. Yeah. Uh, and then carrots are the next one. They, Carrots are a great treat alternative for your pup. Not only do they taste delicious, but raw carrots also serve as an edible chew toy huh. for pups who are that in, into that sort of thing. Is that what it says, who are into that sort of thing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, for more refined palates, cooked, yeah. parrots, cook, cooked carrots could be just the ticket. So cook the carrot if they don't like them raw. Huh. So, so define a, a a refined palate for an animal that sometimes really enjoys eating cat poop. Since you mentioned that, Matthew, our dog, yeah, was, since you brought that up, we had a vet that explained to us that cat poop is like crack for dogs, or was it cat food? I think maybe it was, maybe it was cat food. They they cannot get enough of it. Uh, I think it was the food. We couldn't we couldn't get our dog to stop sneaking cat food. So uh, yeah, uh, this, this is uh, that's under foods that are bad for oh cat food dog. or cat poop. Yeah, cat food. Yeah, it's too. I think it's too rich and cat stuff. food is higher in meat meat based protein compared yeah. to food formulated for dogs. While most dogs do okay with high-protein foods, other dogs with certain health, health issues do not. Owners of dogs with liver disease or kidney disease should keep their dogs away from high-protein diets. Dogs who have food allergies should not be on high-protein diets either. Now, it doesn't mention once it's been through the cat, Milton. I know. But my my dog has the same problem. Oh, you know the where I have the yeah. catnip for the cats. Yeah, you just have the cat poop he, for he the go, dog. He goes out searching. Yeah, they and I figured once it's been uh, through the cat, it's probably pre-digested or yeah, kind of digested. I don't know. We'll have to get a vet on the show to explain that. We never. It doesn't hurt, we, doesn't hurt your dog, does it? I think it doesn't seem to. He had bad breath. Does yours have bad breath? <laughs> well, our, ours has passed, so. <laughs> and I don't think it was the cat food that, or the cat oh, poop that did it. But okay. But man, we could not get that dog to stop eating cat food. In <laughs> fact, when we, when she wasn't eating, oh hey, we know that guy. Even with the mask. Yeah. All right. See, good to see you. Yeah, you want to come on the air with us? All right. 
There's the mic right there. The mic, you don't or? even have to touch it. Yeah, if you don't want to, it's, there you go. You're okay. We got you. All right. Yeah. How are you doing? Did you find the tomatoes? I come for tomatoes. Yeah. I have questions too. And I'm, you know, what I know about plants. By the way, I'm the uh, retired weatherman from KSAT yes. 12. Someone sure. recognizes my voice. <laughs> Steve Brown is with us from KSAT. Yeah. But, yeah, I come first to my fall tomatoes because I planted some a few weeks ago and they did not make it in the heat. And I was watering them pretty well, but they were very small plants. Yeah, they're. Uh... All the plants that we planted for you in the Kayside Garden was uh, were uh, uh, grown in larger containers. You, you notice out here we have some in gallon containers sitting on the ground. Yeah. And uh, then the ones on the table are in four-and-a-half-inch containers. Okay. So uh, uh, Calvin would always get you... Uh, the gallon container. Okay. This is Steve Brown. Are you <laughs> have, you, have you met Steve uh, before? He looks, he looks so old. <laughs> oh, you're obsessing on this age thing. Not, you got I'm poor not, Bill. Now, Steve, you're going to pick on? Jeez. But you know, I've uh, the mask thing, I've waved to oh, that's seven or eight people. Uh, <laughs> and I... I don't know. I know I know them, but I'm not sure who they are. It's kind of out of yeah. con- context when you see I wonder it. how banks are taking taking this. Uh, when you walk in the bank with a mask on. Yeah. All right, let's, you know, yeah. used to, that would be a bad If sign. you don't have an AK-47. Yeah. Well, let's, let's focus on Steve's issues here. They've got the tomatoes. Now, we need to get them some good varieties. and Listen and to, the, listen to, to uh, Milton here. Trying to well, poor Steve has come all the way up here in the heat for help. And you're in talking about... You don't realize what I've gone through to get here. I know. No. I, I tried to start my car that I hardly ever used, and it was dead as a doornail. And I, oh, no. Was it really? No. I spent an hour and a half fiddling with that. It, out in the heat, and it was getting hotter and hotter. But here I am, and I knew yeah. I, there was a deadline. He made, to he made it. You did good. Yeah. All right. So, so Calvin at one time had recommended because I know cherry tomatoes seem to do a little bit better in the heat because I did that one year. Hmm. Yeah. The uh, Ruby Crush. Yeah. I'm interested in that. Now I I did plant tycoons. That's my all-time favorite, and uh, those are the ones that died. But they were small plants. But they were small plants. You can, you would, uh, depending on how much attention you can give them, you know, you could go to the the one gallon, and I don't, I don't, I don't think you would, you don't need more than five or six, do you? No, no. Yeah, and then then the, I think there's still a good number of good ruby crushes and uh, BHN 968s. If you want want the small ones, a few a few of the. Okay, I, and also yesterday you mentioned some sort of pepper that grows well now. Yeah, the Rio Grande Gold pepper. We don't, we don't. Yeah, you got you got lots of choices on pepper, but yeah, we're doing an. Jerry has uh, resurrected uh, the Rio Grande pepper, and it's a it's a uh, tastes tastes like a bell pepper, but it's this Jalapeno relatively shape. small uh, pear shaped kind of thing. Yeah. Very colorful and attractive. Looks like a Christmas uh, ornament. But it's kind of, as you can tell, Mil- Milton's like Milton's them. favorite in the whole world. I can grow them. They are they are very but, forgiving. But you, yeah, you might want to might want to try. You might want to try that. Yeah, you can just stuff you them want, with a little stuff. And, you want to go out there and help him with them? Yeah, yeah. I well, can, we'll, I can. we'll take a break and I can. 
Yeah, you're okay. You yeah, can you're we okay. Got, we got to take a break anyway. Me, these guys, I, I, I get suspicious here of their sending me. No. They're trying to, try to get rid of you, Calvin. Yeah. No, that, well, no, Steve. Sending you out to pasture. Why would we do that? How long have you been doing this show? I just want to... Uh, since uh, the turn of the century, as the kids say. Wow. At least 20-something years. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll go see what we're Yeah, we'll see. Bill, and we're glad you're doing well, well, except for your car. We've all lived one person. Yeah. So <laughs> Calvin is obsessed with this. We don't know why. Do not talk about <laughs> age and health. Just avoid those topics, Steve, and you'll be fine. Okay. All right. Hey, cool. Well, take off your headset, and we'll take a break. Back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. There's lots of great things happening, and you can keep in touch with all the things that are going on at the nursery by going to millburgernursery.com. There you'll find some terrific sales this week, including ceramic and clay pots. Now 20% off all ceramic and clay pots. Huge selection to choose from. You see Sinisa blooming all around town. It's beautiful with its purple blooms, and now you'll find Sinisa on sale in the three- and five-gallon containers, now on sale for just 1688. Perennials are on sale. This is a great way to save. Regularly $6.99 in the number one pot, now just $4.18 or $5 for $20. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on variegated flax lily. You'll save on Mexican bird of paradise. Get this in the eight inch pot, now just $9.88. Gold Star Esperanza and much, much more. Find out all the details at MillburgerNursery.com. That's MillburgerNursery.com. We'll see you at Millburgers, 1604 on Boulevard. Road. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, uh, Calvin Finch, helping his buddy Steve Brown. It's great to see Steve. I don't think people realize, you know, when you kind of grow up and you you see people night after night like Steve, and because of the nature of the stuff he did, you know, you kind of you kind of feel like you know him, and you've got a little attachment. So it's nice oh, to yeah. see him, and, uh, and it's nice and to know he has. Yeah, I used to work with Joe, Bill McReynolds all the time. Yeah, and uh, he uh, <laughs> he was quite a gardener. And uh, every spring and every fall, I would take him uh, take him plants uh, to plant out in his garden. If we, especially if we had a new one, I wanted him to try. And uh, the thing that he loved the most, yeah, was uh, satsumas. Oh, I can understand that. His, uh, he had, uh, I gave him about four or five trees that he planted in the very back part of his uh, lawn because that's where he had most of the sun. And those satsuma fruit were the only thing that he wouldn't allow his grandchildren to have free rain of. That's funny. Yeah. They'd have to go out and pick a certain number because he, he, he guarded those things. Uh, give you an idea of uh, some things that you can do to help your plants uh, get ready for the fall. Yeah. Uh, on a, on, when it's cool in the morning, it doesn't take long to do it. And that is uh, pinch or prune. Or uh, you can actually use a hedge clipper. Uh, flowers from coleus, basil, mint, caladiums, and other plants where flower buds and flowers 
now's the time that uh, they're, they're, a lot of them have a tendency to get long and leggy, and uh, they need to be uh, trimmed back and, as Greg Grant says, tidied up tidied for the up. fall. Okay. Uh, the, <laughs> you were talking about your uh, tough uh, vinca yeah. uh, periwinkle. And if those if people planted those extremely early, they're now uh, and uh, they're they're now kind of laying over or leggy or whatever. Uh, I'd cut them in half. Oh, I need some advice. Speaking of leggy plants, so okay. can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, go ahead. So, whopper begonias. Yeah. In a container. Yeah. They've now about two feet tall, and they're not quite as pretty as they once were. Can you just <laughs> cut them in half? And yeah, and uh, you can break them back uh, oh, as far as you want to. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you just plant the? Uh, yeah. That you break off to yeah. just stick it in the ground? Yeah, I guess I guess uh, uh, Trace is not here. <laughs> Trace is on vacation. So, <laughs> They're very easy to propagate. You don't you don't necessarily need uh, rooting hormone for them. All right, but it helps. But uh, but it it helps make makes them root faster, and stick them into a moist potting mix, and keep them in the shade. Okay. And uh, they'll uh, they'll root in probably seven to ten days at the most. Wow. That's incredible. And you can break them in pieces. In other words, uh, pieces that are five inches long, four to five inches long. Yeah. With a leaf attached. And uh, you can break that in pieces. If If the leaf is extremely large, cut it in half. But they... But leave a leaf attached to the cutting. Yeah, they're another plant. I mean, I should just have my own section, honestly, of called forgiving plants. No, yeah, they're pretty forgiving. They are. We have not treated. Especially if you got them in a nice location. Uh, yeah. Cool, cool in the afternoon. They got dried down and they came back up. Yeah. <laughs> but the vinca was just amazing. The fact that it was blooming the next day. Oh yeah. If you could have seen that thing laying on the ground, shriveled up, <laughs> looking horrible. I understood that the leaves would come back because I've had that before, where you, like you talk about your catnip, where you watered it mm-hmm. and it kind of perked up again, but it was blooming. It was like, man, this thing really wants to bloom. Yeah. But, yeah uh, they're very durable but, plants, and the deer won't eat them. So I should get another container. Oh, I have one, too. And I'll take the cuttings from the uh, the Whopper. Okay. And I'll put it in that container. And uh, Make sure the potting mix is moist. Right. And uh, and be, be sure to keep it in the shade. Okay. We'll see what happens. That'll be fun. So stick it about an inch deep from, okay. from where you cut it off and, and dipped it in the rooting hormone. Plant. Okay. We've got some rooting hormone at the house, but like I say, you don't you don't just stick one long cutting in there. You break them into smaller cuttings, about uh, five inches tall, five okay. six inches tall, and so you can get them. Uh, don't be telling Trace. Uh, no, 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 no. Just, <laughs> just you and I. No one, I else, no one have, else is listening. I guess we still have whopper begonias here, don't yeah, we? Yeah, I'm sure we do. Is this the season for them, or is it are we kind of in between seasons? Yeah, they're uh, uh, 
I know in the spring we have just bundles, and we yeah. had them for really until it got till about August. They still had the table out there with them on it. And they moved, they kind of moved them to put out the tomatoes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I know we've got regular begonias. Yeah, that's there. what I've seen. But uh, and they'll do well in the shade at this time of the year, or in the shade uh, afternoon sun. Yeah. Now, while it's going to be over 100 degrees, now there, I, I watched the weather, and they they agreed with y'all's forecast of 40 percent chance of rain on Tuesday. On Tuesday or Monday? My, well, Monday going into Tuesday. All right. I, th- I think it may be higher on Monday. And then... Uh, you want me to get the, uh, the weather.gov site up real quick, and I'll tell you? Yeah. But uh, less, less on Tuesday. Is Steve around? I don't want to hear him, have him hear me do the weather. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, you, you read one more thing, and I'll get the weather. Okay. Uh, should, I, should I try to put on my best weather... No weather predictor, weather no. weatherman, weather person. Uh, voice. I was going to tell people uh, while it's still being hot and uh, record temperature for the last four days. Yeah, it's uh, the careful uh, hydrate. Be, be sure to put something on the west side of your tomato plants if you plant them in the ground, or uh, if they're still in containers, make sure they get afternoon shade. All right. Now, here's something good. What? So, yesterday when I checked the weather on weather.gov, the uh, day was in red. Today, it's just in yellow. High <laughs> today, 102. Oh, whoopee. <laughs> we can celebrate. What was it yesterday? It was 104. Oh, geez. They're not telling me. They're not giving me a feels like on this oh, one. Oh, that's good. And mostly clear this evening, low around 77. Tomorrow, chance of thunderstorms uh, with a uh, 40% chance of rain high near 100, so it's going down. <laughs> uh, and then a uh, chance of thunderstorms goes down in Monday evening, 30%. Tuesday, 20%. So Monday's the best day. Looks like Monday's your best day, yeah. Okay. And currently it is 99 degrees here in San Antonio. And uh, I think we're still a little bit hot to prune back the road bushes. Mm. Uh, we need to uh, wait till the temperature begins to break a little bit. And you'll know when the temperature breaks, it's a nighttime temperature that yeah. we're mainly concerned about. The, uh, the daytime temperature can be extremely hot. Uh, but those nighttime temperatures, when they get uh, in the low 70s, that's when we're setting tomatoes the best and uh, growing roses the best. Oh, wow. And if I remember from my experience, it almost is like we'll have a week where it'll drip down, it'll go down in 70s, and everybody's tomatoes. I'll start talking oh, about how yeah. they're showing up. Yeah. Hey, we got we to gotta say goodbye for today. No. All right, we do. Okay. So. I want to thank Al for doing a great job back at the station. Thank everybody that uh, called in. It's time to go. You you planned it perfectly there, Calvin. So we'll say goodbye for today. I'm Milton Glick on behalf of the docs. Thank you very much for listening. Go to MillburgerNursery.com to learn more about the show on The Answer.